0: Thank you for joining us and welcome to a very special series called Shock Your Job Search Potential. I'm your host, Michael Sherlock, and over the next few weeks, we will introduce you to experts in the fields of recruiting, hiring, and interviewing, providing both job seekers and hiring managers with valuable information. We also highlight a wealth of resources for vets and their families. Listen in to Shock Your Career Potential. To learn more about all of our programs, visit us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. Joining us today uh, for this very special topic, harnessing your diversity to give you a sought-after advantage as a job applicant or job seeker, I have a very good friend of mine, and I can say that because we've spent time live and in person, uh, Ergen Odsamer. I got close to it, but he considers himself a social entrepreneur also a diversity advocate and that's really what we want to highlight today is diversity as that competitive advantage and he's also one of Sweden's premier uh, public speakers so that's a, a wonderful uh, bit of pulling the rest of the world and I'm very fortunate we have a couple of experts from around the globe but first and Ergan uh, thank you so much for being on my my uh, speakers list today.
1: Thank you, thank you for inviting me I'm really looking forward to meet you when I discuss this but also with the audience that hopefully I can you know bring something and give I don't know I'll call it plant seed so that can you know they can nurture and flourish
0: absolutely and diversity is a word that is used in a, in a broad spectrum today and I know that you have a special passion for diversity and I when I learned of it actually watching your TEDx talk it really struck um, home with me for a number of mm. personal reasons but mm. wonder if you'd just share with our viewers a little bit about your story and why diversity is so important in your viewpoint
1: yeah yeah um, now it's 20 years ago, but uh, we have our son got the diagnosis of autism. It was in, in 1998, and until then I didn't know what autism was, and I I was living in a world where you know everything was black and white, and things were right and wrong, and so I didn't really know much about that. But when when, I, when we realized that our son needed some you know other way of uh, perception, he perceived the world differently. So we try I tried to figure it out basically as an engineer I wanted to know why he was feeling the way he's feeling and what could we do to you know uh, to make his world more you know comprehensible also you know a world where he could thrive and have a good time so it's basically start with that so my son is my not only my driving force but he's my guru he's he's my teacher he is the one who is the behind all this and he taught me and he still teaches me when i meet him i call it i I have to deserve his presence. I have to, you know, to be in front of him and I have to be always both aware and mindful in front of him so that he, he can have a meaningful, uh, yeah, uh, exchange of, you know, expressions and ideas and relations. And it's, it's something that really,
0: I think because it's so pronounced within autism, and mm. I, I think it's very unique to you being an engineer and the challenge of, mm. of learning this diagnosis and incorporating it in your life, but it's a great reminder to me that all of us have so many diversity issues within us, mm. Mm. some that are not clearly visible, mm. that it's important to remember it's about watching each person as an individual and trying to relate as an individual and, mm. and recognize that we're all unique. And especially for job seekers who are trying to stand out against competition, there are things within each one of us mm. that we can harness if we, if we do it the right way. It just takes a little bit of, I know you talk about it in terms of, you know, awareness and mindfulness. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's some of the first steps. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the things actually, every human being is unique. Um, and I think it would be a medical, what do you call, miracle if we could find two persons that are exactly alike. So, that, so that's something we have to establish. And, and when I talk about diversity, I not only talk about diversity as uh, as a physical atrophy you know in terms of gender age uh, uh, and stuff like that but also uh, researchers talk about uh, cognitive diversity which means the way we reason about cause and effect what is the cause of this and what is the effect of this and when you when you understand that our different backgrounds can bring something to the table to the organization in terms of better product development better troubleshooting Better sales, better relations. When we understand the the power that lies within, I think organizations, if they are commercial and if they are non-enter doesn't really matter. They can actually use that power and generate revenue, generate better relations, and generate growth, so that they can reach you know potentials they didn't even thought that themselves that it was possible. So, and there is many research on this. From sixties, so you know, this is—it's not because I'm saying. The, I mean, the, there are tons of research showing that as soon as we identify and start harnessing diversity, things happen in an organization. People actually start uh, feeling better about themselves—not only personally but also the organization. The team feels better because everyone has gets a chance to be seen as an individual, seen as a unique person, but also the the belongingness feeling also increases so that you feel like you're part of the team, you're part of a cause, not only a team, but also a cause. So uh, the research is both from 60s but also very recently. There are a lot of research and if you know participants want to have that, I, I, I mean, we can put a few links and they can read about that. It's a really good read and it shows very clearly diversity is very well managed with inclusive leadership and it's all about the leadership. I will get back to this probably a few times. It's all about the leadership and the leader. And when we do that, there is a huge capacity, a huge potential for any organization to harness that.
0: And that is so true because there's no, you know, we don't have jobs for the most part, at least, you know. Because the world is changing so much, mm. where people go in and do the exact same thing over and over we mm. yeah. we operate in different ways, we have different automations, we are mm. working more creatively, mm. and so sometimes I think even people when they're applying for a job think they're trying to apply for uh to look like the perfect version mm. of whatever that um, job yeah. description has mm. instead of looking to themselves and say all right, I understand the job and I understand the scope of the position, but what about me will bring mm. something unique and different to help make this position mm. even better than they expect? And that's really mm. about being able to look in the mirror and recognizing those strengths within yourself, but the organization has to look at it from the outside
1: too. I mean, what can I bring to the table for my organization, for the for the cause? Again, if it's an NGO if it's a commercial, it doesn't really matter, but what, what uniqueness do I have and what perspective do I have that can be relevant to this to this operation, and that's the key. And and sometimes I mean there are we have world known geniuses. If you just take, for example, in 1943, Thomas Watson, president of IBM, said, there is maybe a world market for maybe for five computers. This guy, he was a genius <laughs> for his time. He was, you know, he was the president of IBM. So sometimes, you know, predictions and you know ideas, regardless of who they are, they may be wrong. So, so even though you know if somebody says, because the way it is it is doesn't really mean it's it's a fact. Because I mean I mean Steve Jobs has proven him wrong I don't know for how many billion times now. So I mean there is more than five computers in your house and in my house now. So it's it's kind of strange. So so I think sometimes these predictions and things people or the 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 idea, the the notion or the normality we believe in, it doesn't have to be true unless we challenge it. And I think this this we are where we are now. I believe this with all my heart that in a few years now, it will be an advantage if you put on your resume that you you have ADD or ADHD or ASD or Asperger's. It will be an advantage for you because people, organizations will start looking out for people like that. I mean, it is already through a Microsoft is hiring people with autism, Oracle yeah. does that, uh, SAP does that. A lot of you know, uh, IT IT is kind of you know in front in other organizations, there are some service organizations doing that as well, so I think it will be an advantage in the future when we can, finding our unique, I'm not only saying about, only about the diagnosis, but I mean we have unique abilities, all of us. So I think it's about a matter of finding that unique ability and turning into, if I just mentioned the superpower that you and I have, because we all have, we all do have those superpowers.
0: That's a really great point because so many times people know whatever their level of diversity is, whatever their mm. difference is, they're afraid of it. They don't mm. want it to be seen. Mm. Uh, it almost becomes a big dirty secret. Mm. And yet, at what point in time can we help within our organizations? Mm. And you call it, you know, helping them with their diversity IQ. At mm. what point can we help our companies to understand? You don't want to let somebody go that's going to be a great asset. Let's find a way to not only harness their superpower, mm-hmm. but let's also develop elements of our business that support mm-hmm. them. And I think about training, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, Most companies do not have great training programs, mm-hmm. but if they do have one, it typically follows one channel. It's either... Mm-hmm on the job, watch me, or mm. here's a bunch of tests that you take, or yes. you know, uh, here's a bunch of manuals you have to read, and then we're gonna ask you questions. But all, mm. those, all those also limit people, and as a mm. former teacher, I think about how many different learning styles we have, and it seems like it's too much work at times to, to develop training programs that match mm. that, and yet, mm. if you put in that investment ahead of time, how much more benefit can you get out of employees? How much mm. more commitment can you get mm. out of them? How much more longevity can you get out of them? Because they want to stay, they feel welcome and respected, like you said, but they also feel like they're successful in a way that they might not in other organizations.
1: You know, one thing, and this is a totally different topic, and maybe we can do another Zoom session with you in, other, in another context, but I I think the school system that we have today, we are educating, educating and creating production resources, because actually the school was, uh, it, it was a need for the industrial revolution in the 1800s. The school system has not changed. We are still producing workers and leaders that could, you know, produce units and, and products. So, but I mean, the world has changed and the demand has changed. The requirements have changed. So I think we have a school system that we need also challenge the school system where the uniques and the the differences, you know, will be taken into account in the future, whether this it takes 10 years or 20 years. But I think there is something here to be addressed. Again, this is not this session's uh, issue, <laughs> but it's something that we need to think about. Because, again, the school system produces resource, uh, production resources and managers that can handle those production resources. That's what we have. We have engineers, we have, you know, workers, we have economists and stuff like that just to manage the production Phase and and but I mean, we are producing so much more today than, than you know, unit of cups or unit of glasses or unit of whatever we do. So
0: that's but a that, great uh, point. We don't spend yeah. enough time developing leadership skills in people at a young age where then they can enhance and advance on them as they exactly. go through. I
1: exactly. agree,
0: I think that's a exactly. whole other leadership topic, <laughs> and I'm going to write that down in my notebook when we're done. <laughs> So now I know that you also talk about um, part of using your uh, diversity to uh, mm. help you to be a sought-after candidate also takes yes. a little bit of luck. So tell me about that.
1: You know, um, uh, the last few years, uh, you know, the war in uh, in the Middle East has resulted in the fact that a lot of people are seeking themselves to Europe and also especially to two countries, Sweden and, and Germany. Uh, so we had a lot of candidates from from Middle East, you know, educated people, but also there are also people that are, you know, having a hard time also in Sweden, the Swedes that are having a hard time finding a job. So I, I developed this concept because I, I myself, a newcomer to Sweden, I came here as a love immigrant, which meant that I fell in love with a Swedish woman. So that's how I came here. So, but, <laughs> and I'm an academic, and but it didn't really mean that I had the, you know, the red carpet in front of me. Oh, here comes an academic and, you know, English and let's see what we can... I, I had my share, fair share of, you know, challenges to get into the Swedish labor market. So, so I realized that, you know, you need to do certain things to gain an advantage against the competition. Um, and uh, so I, and I tried to figure this out. And, the, I, and this took me a journey in 1986 when I was a student at university. I read this book of Richard Weisman, and he says that there are certain people that, you know, have uh, luck they have more luck than you and I do and I was I thought this was you know unfair and I was kind of frustrated about the fact that people have more luck than I do but they, mm-hmm. these people they, they do they have certain habits and certain things they do over and over and again which that they have them having luck so and I read about this and then, and this and I came to 1997, I think so maybe eleven years later I read this article I was in the IT industry I was in Sweden then and, and this was in PC magazine so the the uh, author, the, the writer asks uh, Steve Joseph and Bill Gates, you know, why, why are you so successful? And they both say that we were lucky. I was like, <laughs> again, again, they said, why, why is this, this luck? And I, and I tried to study this phenomenon and suddenly it hit me when I, I love quotes and I love this, I read this quote from Seneca. He's a Roman philosopher. He's from, you know, today's painting from Cordoba. And he says, luck is what happens when preparations meets the opportunity. And I'm gonna repeat this. Luck is what happens when preparations meets the opportunity. And it actually, suddenly the engineer understood the point is that you need to be prepared to have luck. Wow, that was, that was like a you know, decisive moment for me. So, so, and I tried to you know dissect the, the, the concept and it, it, it just says that it spells also out luck, L-U-C-K. So it says the first one is the, the letter N, it says it's the location. Being in the right place at the right time, we heard this so many times, you, know, you need to be in the right place at the right time. But even, is that enough? Because you may be in the right place at the right time, whether you're going to meet your you know, potential partner or potential employer. But if you're not prepared, if you don't know what they're looking for, if they don't know their value ground, if they don't know about their products, if they don't know they're about their, maybe their latest fiscal results and what they need, if you're not prepared you will not, you know, do a good job. You will not do a good interview. See, it's being in the right place right and with the right mindset, but, but also being prepared for the, for the moment.
0: Otherwise, you can lose the, lose the entire opportunity.
1: Exactly, exactly. Let it slip through your fingers. Or if it was your, you know, if it's your, you know being, you, you, maybe you're going to find your partner, and then if, you, if you're not prepared and if you don't know how to attract, you know, the, the, your significant other, yeah, I mean, there are certain, certain qualities also in that. That won't happen. Even though you're in the right place at the right time, you, you will lose your chance. So, so for me, it's about the attitude, but also the, being prepared. You know, as an engineer, you know, doing your homework, reading about it, getting prepared, maybe even do train up, training interviews, you know, having people that ask can ask you so you know how to, you know, reason and hard questions so that you are prepared for the moment. So that's the first, the letter L. And the second one, you, it has actually two meanings. The first one is understand. The other one is the uniqueness. You need to understand your uniqueness and so that you can contribute with your uniqueness to that organization. What are the qualities you can bring in? I mean, I, I had a, I had a you know, bachelor's degree as a petroleum engineer, and unfortunately for me, being a petroleum engineer and being in love with a Swedish woman, it, was not, it wasn't a good match because there is not a drop of oil in this country that I could, you know, win from the ground because nothing. If I only could fall in love with a woman from Norway, and things would work out for me better. But I mean, I wasn't that smart. So so I had to figure out other things. So, And I am a former tour guide, which meant that I had good personal skills, a lot of people skills. So those qualities that I had was very valuable. But I also... And I'm giving examples from myself because I'm the person that I know best in my life, obviously. I'm a former Turkish army officer worked with NATO. And I have methods that I have learned during my military services that I could use in my work as a project manager, which was not known to this country at the time, which meant that I almost, almost always reach those results. There were projects that we were traveling for three, four, five, six, seven times. They failed, and I came in, and they resolved them by using those methods. I didn't learn them in the school, but I learned them in other places. So people have acquired or gathered knowledge, not only in the school, and those knowledge and competences can be relevant to that employee that are looking for you. So it's not only about your degree, but also other competences and backgrounds that you have could be relevant to your employer. So that's the, so the, the location and the uniqueness and uh, understand your uniqueness. Those are the two key things. Let yes. me
0: interject a question or a comment as well, because that is so important to be able to recognize the, the combination. And I've hired hundreds and hundreds of people in my career. I've managed thousands of people And I, when people would interview with me and they would ask me, you know, what, what is it that you really want in this position? You know, what, what's the ideal person? I loved that question because I could say, I talked about what i what I worked well with and what I saw effective in, in those roles in the past, Mm -hmm. but then I'd always say now, so tell me though, how you would either meet that or have something different to bring Mm -hmm. to the table. I want Mm. to know. I'm open, Mm. and excuse me. For me, I often I spent ten years or so in the in a specialized industry. Mm. I often like to bring managers from outside that industry Mm. because they came with the skill set of leadership already. Mm. They'd already Mm. managed a number of stores Mm. and sales Mm. processes. Mm. But what I wanted was somebody to think differently. Mm. I wanted somebody to be creative and it was interesting that the ones that were most successful for me were ones that Mm. embraced that Mm. uniqueness
1: Mm. and
0: brought things from their other lives their other Mm. businesses and careers to the Mm. table there. Not just trying to say, oh, well, I don't know how to do this because I'm new to this industry. Mm. I didn't bring you here because I wanted the same thing. I brought you here because I wanted the core skill set, but I wanted Mm. something that you brought to the table. Mm. And not everybody believed me. (laughs) I think over time, many did. But to Mm. me, that's really important to recognize that, you know, there can be a merger of all those pieces, like you said and use it to your advantage but to the organization's advantage
1: um, there is a there is an institute called corn ferry and you know the audience the listeners could look into it and again if you want i can send you a link corn ferry they say that if you want growth if, if that's the ultimate target for any organization and I don't, we don't really mean on the physical growth, physical growth but also it could be other face of growth if you're an ngo you want to you know, grow your impact so if you want growth you need to differentiate and if you want to differentiate, you need diversity. If you want diversity, you need the you need the inclusive the leadership. Uh, so I mean that's those are the things you need to be able to, to reach your start to those growth targets. So and, and, and they actually very much in detail explain which inclusive leadership traits that are needed to to find, to hire. And to harness that diversity, you know, even in the organisation. And again, we are not only meet, diversity is not only gender, age, you know, ethnicity, or whatnot. Diversity is the way we reason about cause and effect. That's the diversity. And just before I go any further, um, Michael, you and I, we are totally, you know, we have totally different backgrounds. But in some cases, you and I, we can have more in common in my, me and my brother who share the same DNA. Yes. And I think so that means that diversity has no DNA. It doesn't have any nationality. It doesn't have an age. It doesn't have a gender. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's the way we reason is the diversity. So it's really important that we underline over and over again. Diversity is about the way we reason and it's the cognitive diversity. I love it. Yeah. Um, so I was in LNU and then it's, it's and that's C. Um, uh, um being a people person, I realize, you know, having connections, having connected with that, I mean, you know, people that you can turn into when you need their guidance and help, but also people can turn, turn, turn to you for their, for their guidance and help. And, and the, the most selfish thing people can do is actually helping someone else because when they do, they feel good about themselves. So I realized the power of asking for help, but also the power of providing... Opportunities for others. So connections. If if the audience or the listener is going to take one thing from this, is the connections. Everything else they can forget. Make sure that you are in the right surroundings and right around, amongst right people, and create connections. Not on, not because you want to get some help, but you want to be able to contribute to your society. Because when you do, things will happen. Things that you didn't think was. It was not possible. It will happen. So connections is the key here, and creating meaningful, lasting, you know, connections, which mean, which means that you, so you can be a better person. You can be again. You can touch people's lives for real. And and I am lucky enough. I mean, I if you can do for one person in your lifetime, it's more than enough. Um, so I'm, I'm I, I am I don't know amazed. You know, the power of connections and the power of generosity that i meet i mean pe- from people like you but also from all over the world if, if you contribute things will happen but it requires that you have a connection a network of people that, that are there for you
0: absolutely
1: and the last thing and, and this is really important again we talked about the skills but knowledge is key um having knowledge and knowledge if if i just def- may just define this knowledge is you know reading something and understanding it memorizing it and when asked when it's needed it's you know repeating or just you know giving it back so that's knowledge but knowledge itself is fresh the things that you know today are not probably valid maybe in in in, uh, in three weeks and three months and three years depends on what what we know so you actually need to use your knowledge and and attach and attach a feeling to it, then it becomes a competence. You know, you, feel comp- you know how to do things, it, it, you feel good about yourself, that's your competence. And if you do it over time, it becomes experience. So learning new things, things that may be relevant to your organization, it's really important. I mean, again, I'm a petroleum engineer. Things that I'm learning today, um, or, or I'm teaching or working today is totally different from what I used to do. I'll just give an example, I, to understand the human brain, this is true, and my wife, <laughs> she was going to kill me at the time, but I mean, I looked at 147 YouTube videos under on, on one weekend just to understand the, you know, biological aspects of the human brain. I am, not, I don't know, any, I didn't know any, much about the brain until then, but now, I under, now I, when I understood, you know, the enzymes, when I understood the hormones and how you could do to increase, you know, the, some levels and how you decrease the others and, and then when I realized how you how human body the complex human body how it works, it, it's actually a revolution in my in my in my mind. And I, I still physically do visit you know doctors professors that are experts in their areas, and I I discuss you know I try to find the small things. And this is not only for me, but I wanted to understand my son's going back to my son. How how does his brain work, and how what can I do to increase? His level of dopamine and serotonin, and decrease the level of cortisol. So he's he's less stressed and he's more, you know, uh, available, you know, so that we can have a meaningful relation. So those are the small things. So acquiring knowledge, but also you know, developing your knowledge is key. So so I realized at the end again, it, it's it's all about luck. It's the location, with the right attitude, it's the understanding your uniqueness, it's the connection, and it's the knowledge. So all you need to be a sort of candidate in the job market is to have some luck, or it actually has nothing to do with luck. (laughs) What did Seneca said, luck Mm -hmm. is what happens when preparations meet the opportunity. Opportunities are there, they will be there all the time. The question is, are you prepared enough? And i
0: it is it also falls uh, with the quote that is luck is what you make of it because it's you have to make it, but it's no. also the the opportunity that you take from it, and it requires action. luck just doesn't happen it's not an inactive
1: no. No.
0: situation you have to you have to keep those things in mind. One of the things you were talking about with knowledge really struck me because um I thought about how I started doing my podcast back Mm. well I started taping about this time last year and I launched it in January and now I'm uh, taping a number of episodes as we go into season two and every guest that I have in addition to all these segments that I'm taping for this job seeker series everyone brings something new to me that I Mm. didn't know didn't think of or it helps me to say oh yes I'm right in that mindset And it just feels like I'm growing at a different level than I had. And it's a real marked difference for me than than kind of living, not that I've ever lived really too much in a bubble, but I think about people that are searching for a job, it feels often very lonely. You feel mm. very alone. Uh, there's a lot of time on your own in front of a computer, mm. feeling mm. like you know there's nobody out there, and yet you have an opportunity to continue to expand your mind and mm. gain knowledge. But mm. even wrapping it back into luck, it's everything that you can research about that organization, that company. If you really want to work there, what would you do before you even submitted your resume? Mm make sure that you're a good match, to make sure that you can put that forward in your cover letter, to make sure that the dialogue you have with the hiring manager or the HR person really sets your uniqueness and your diversity clearly. And those are the steps that take extra time and energy, but the payoff is greater.
1: Let me just, you know, because I mean, if you just think, put yourself into you know, the position of HR people or the leaders that you're going to hire, they get maybe a pile of, you know, papers, 10, 20, 200, 500, you know, this will happen. So, I mean, if you are working as a manager, that's why die did I. So, yeah. so, if you want to defend yourself, so they say, they, they, they will think, like, I need to meet this person. Mm-hmm. If half of what he or she is writing is true, this person is amazing and we need to hire that person. So, that's the level of union uh, we all have. The question is, are we aware of it? Are we mindful about it? I think everybody has something to bring to the table as long as they are willing to be vulnerable, if I may say so, because then th- th- this means that you actually are prepared to show more of, more than your, uh, you know, your diploma, because your diploma is uh, it's just a paper, yes. nothing else. I mean, I, I am a petroleum engineer. Uh, it says on my diploma, I never worked as one. So if people hire me as a petroleum engineer, I think it's a risk for their and my own life, basically. So <laughs> I mean, I'm a petroleum engineer. I mean, again, I, I think we need to be aware about it because I think that, People get stuck about this and but I mean but I have so much more than being a petroleum engineer um and so the UN so so does everyone else who is listening to this so I think it's a matter of finding out what are the things that I can bring on the table so it is it is it has been a you know I think everybody has that not only you and I but I mean life is you know it is uphills and downhills and winding roads and in those winding roads you know you're gonna meet people and they will develop you and it's a matter of recognizing those people and those moments and, and putting those experiences in, in, their, in their backpack because you're going to need it one day. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And every now and then look, and say, and look at all those jewels and say, okay, this is my life.
0: Absolutely. Mm.
1: So I have uh, two last questions for you. The first
0: is, and this is the question I ask everyone on my podcast and I, I just have really enjoyed all the answers from people. So I always say, if you could go back and talk to Ergen at any point in time in his younger years, Mm. When would you go back and what would you tell him that Mm. would have shocked your potential farther or faster or kept you on the same path that you're on?
1: And I I think uh, uh, I'm going to give a straight answer. I wish I were better at, uh, in a younger age, being asked, I I could ask, you know, ask for help from people. I was, until I was maybe 47, 47, 47, I'm 52 now, I was the worst person to ask for help. I thought I was going to, you know, I was supposed to fix everything by myself so again except for connection when you find the connections you know be good at asking help but be very particular about us when you're asking for help so i would tell myself again enough because that also means that people are going to ask for my help and help me to develop myself so that would absolutely one of my maybe top three be better at asking for help i would i love that and i think that's really important
0: that many people think that that's a weakness if i ask for help it's a weakness and yet how are you going to continue to grow or move forward if you don't ask for help when you need it? Because you won't can, be, can you'll I be. Just
1: challenged? turn it around. I think if people ask for my help, I think it's like the nicest gift someone can give to you. Because if you ask for my help and I can provide that, I feel good about myself. So thank you for that gift for asking for my help. So I think we need to change this figure. And it took me again forty-seven years to figure this out. So. People don't have to wait for seven years. They can figure this out right now. Yeah, it's, it's
0: very a- funny that you say that, too, because the whole reason for this Job Seekers Summit is because mm. of how many people, especially in the last year and a half, have mm. asked my advice and help on their career journeys uh, mm. Some people that were laid off, some people that want to make transition, uh, some people that have retired, but they don't know what they want to do next. Mm. And the Mm. more I started to talk to them and hear their stories, the more it developed a passion in me to do something more. And so you're right. I felt like it was a great gift that I had that because it also continued to give me something else to be passionate Mm. about Mm. to help, you know, give something back to this world.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Great. That was two questions. You said one question. It was the first one. Then I just so the,
0: the second question is, what's the, <laughs> Who? He made it that far. <laughs> the second question is, you know, what's the most uh, pinnacle piece of advice that you can give our viewers about, you know, when they're in their job search, to help them to harness their own superpower of their diversity uh-huh. and help them to truly stand out as, as a sought after candidate.
1: Mm. Um, I think uh, uh, this is not a teaser, I'll do a TEDx in a, in a month time in uh, Hudsonville, Michigan, and i, I actually preparing for that one, and I I say that everybody needs to find their superpowers. I truly believe that everybody has superpowers, and uh, the, the superpowers, the, I mean, to think the quirky thing, things, the weird things we do, but they have helped us along all our lives. So I think people need to find their superpowers and... and, and, and uh, own it, embrace it, and show it more. Um, so I, I found my superpower and I I'm, won't I'm go into that now, but I think find the which power power superpower you possess and and put some more light on it. Because if that uniqueness will help you not only in your personal, I mean private and personal life, but also in your professional life in, in every aspect in your life. So, find your superpower, whatever that is, and, and embrace it and own it and develop it. Yeah. I think those are the qualities we need. And the difference, because those are the differences that actually makes the difference, the, the, the small difference that makes the difference at the end, which make, which means growth, which means, you know, uh, profitability, which means, you know, you having a better life uh, or not. So
0: Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I know we'll have all your contact information on the notes for mm-hmm. the, uh, summit but also people can find you online at ergin.se so e-r-g-i-n dot any other and I know you have a TEDx talk sounds like we've got another one coming any yes. other way you want people to be able to find you or know what you're up to
1: no I, I think that's more than enough I mean I have I'm, I'm <laughs> online on social media and if the people want to get connect I'm connect they will find me I have a really strange day which is an advantage uh, at this time <laughs> So they're very welcome to, you know, with their questions and if, if they need more detailed information, they're also very welcome. So I am um, a people person. I love meeting people and uh, I hope, I, again, I can put, uh, plant a seed and I hope someone else plants a seed in me because I, I, I know as little or as much everyone else. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate all that you've shared with us. Thank you, Michael, and good luck, everyone. Find your uniqueness. You're going to do great. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of Shock Your Potential. To learn more, visit shockyourpotential.com, shockyourpotentialpodcast.com, salesmixology.com. You can find my first book, Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees at Amazon. To get a snippet of it for free, text the words, tell me more to the number 72,000. That's tell me more to seven two zero zero zero.